you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly 24-7, now all of Locked On. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, and the like. I'm trying to remember if I shared this yesterday or not, but uh, hey, we're up to two scouting directors following me now on Twitter. Uh, just fun fact, I won't say which organization, but there is another one who is uh, paying attention to what I have to say. So if I have multiple scouting directors listening to me, then I would think maybe... Uh, most fans should listen as well. This is just my reminder at the top of the show. Remember, download daily. It really helps. We fell down to 250 from the 120s this past week. I know it's slow time. I know it's downtime. But every single time you download, that helps the show out. Every time you put a full listen, even like I said, put your phone on play, step away. I understand. Uh, if I was a subscriber, I would not listen to each and every single episode. Uh, there are going to be some you prefer, some that maybe aren't your thing. Maybe when I do historical or draft stuff, that isn't your thing. Download, play, walk away. That helps the show greatly. On today's show, we're going to do some mailbag. We're going to continue to get into your questions, continue to talk about what is occurring uh, with this team, your thoughts. I got a little bit of flack because I haven't touched the World Series, mostly uh, in-house. You know, We have Gordon Beckham, former Chicago White Sox, uh, doing some insider stuff. Do you guys want that? I feel like every interaction I have with Indians fans, zero mention of the postseason. Uh, no one's bringing it up. No one's talking about it outside of like Eddie Rosario because he played for the team. I'm just not seeing much of an interest in general for this postseason and this World Series. Am I wrong? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft and let's take your questions. Back to Seattle BB, Cleveland Guardians fan. Uh, okay, I know I'm the president of the Richie Palacios fan club, but I looked at Miles Straw 2018 minor league season. Similar contact and doubles, good on base, 70 steals. Reminder that Palacios might top out as a two-war player. Top out, I'm hoping he's at least a two-war player. I, I think he could be more. Uh, you know, two-war is a league average-ish type of talent. I, I, I'm hoping for more than that. I'm hoping like a 2-5 to a 3-win player. Uh, Straw has a huge advantage. Straw is a better runner and plays a premium position at an elite rate. All of that comes together uh, to give him a little more ceiling and potential than uh, he would, you know, someone like Palacios. Palacios is likely to not be an elite defender. He's going to be okay in left field, okay at second base. Uh, I've never heard anyone really profile him as a plus defender type. We'll have to, maybe we'll be wrong, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. But I think there is some comps in terms of the offensive profile. But what really elevates Straw is the on-base, or the on -base, with Straw, speed and defense and elite uh, elite defense at a position that that is really highly valued at. So I think that's where Straw has a bit of I mean, I think Straw could be like a four-win player just due to his defense and base running abilities. If he could be, I think Palacios... Maybe has a higher offensive ceiling. Hot take here. But uh, I think, you know, you're looking around all of it. I, I, I totally cool with the idea of considering him a starter. Um, let's see. Next bit of information from at uh, Nunzio Izzo, at Izzo Nunzio. 
What do you think uh, the Indians' limit would be? I pegged a seven-year deal to match Lindor. This is we had had a conversation about age at the end of the contract, age thirty-seven. Think thirty million per year is still a value compared to thirty-four. Not to mention a far more desirable player compared to Lindor's thirty-four. So he's he's been asking about Jose Ramirez and what a contract might look like. We talked about it on the uh, the show, but I think he's going to want thirty million. Uh, a year is, is a likely area, and he brought up specifically that $30 million value. I mean, the ownership group has said that they're not going to let someone be that big of a chunk. Um, if we want a bigger chunk, that if it's more than $30 million, that's too big of a chunk of the payroll. They're not going to pay any one guy that amount. That is just the way it is. I, I think when we're looking at it, Unless he's signing some contract like the Yelich one. You have to specifically go and look at Yelich with massive deferred monies. Where he is making, yeah, technically it's like an average of $30 million, But uh, he's getting like 10 to $12 million deferred until well down the line. Like that's what's going to take. If for Jose Ramirez to sign here is going to take massive deferred money. And $30 million a year it might be a value. I mean, it likely would be for what he has done. The Indians aren't going to commit that much. I mean, I, they're probably maxing out somewhere around. If you believe the talk, it was, you know, when they were going to offer Lindor his contract when he was still in arbitration, it was $200 million plus. I bet they never got higher than like $23, $24, 25000000 I, I think $25 million a year is the most they will offer. So $30 million is still significantly above that. Uh, so for at Elvis underscore leg, no puppet, no puppet. If Niebla is such a huge part of the organization and pitching development, such a critical competitive advantage, wouldn't it behoove the team to spend whatever it needed to keep him? Yes. But, one, they weren't going to make him the pitching coach. Uh, That is Tito's position to fill, and Tito wanted his boy there. And, two, he's from the San Diego area, and Juan Return, his daughter, goes to San Diego State. That is, you know, public knowledge now, so I'll just say it's his daughter enrolled there. You can find... You know, in August, he was moving her in. So it's a chance to be closer to his kid, closer to his family. It's where he lives in the offseason. And he he should have been a pitching coach long ago. He should have been elevated. Uh, unfortunately, that had not happened. And at the end of the day, yeah, they should pay him any amount of money to keep him. But they weren't going to give him the title that he desired. And he wanted that title. So at Birch Matherton, uh, Fredo... Birch Matherton, what would a trade for Olsen look like for Olsen from Cleveland? So Matt Olsen to the Indians is, I mean, it's a dream scenario in a way, but it's also, uh, it's interesting to me that everyone brings this up. Olsen is, has as much control left as Jose. And it's not like Olsen is someone where uh, he is nearing the end or something. He's, he's 27. He'll be 28 in March your prime years it's the exact same situation he's younger than jose uh he is arbitration eligible for 22 and 23 and then he's a free agent he is a unlikely to acquire when you look at that just because uh, it's a high cost for a two-year rental and likely a year rental where they look to move him next offseason this big of a name is not what they go for that's why again you know when i've talked about luke Voigt so much i think he makes a little more sense Olsen is he's so hyper valuable and we believe that uh, the everyone's talking about that uh, the A's are just going to tear it down 
and I mean Roman uh, Liriano, or I gotta look up his name, is likely to be uh, you know more someone who could kind of make sense due to um, team control, the long-term asset there that it is, and with the Indians' needs when you're looking at that team, Olson is just. He's going to get really pricey in salary as he's an arbitration player. He's going to get really pricey in terms of cost to acquire. Uh, Liriano is the outfielder who you get uh, four years of control. Like, he would be someone who makes sense. I think Olsen just costs too much. I mean, just out of curiosity, the trade value site is very flawed, but the was a trade value of 45.3. Uh, that is essentially, you're looking at what would they ask for if we want to get Matt Olson? You're probably talking Espino and Freeman as a starter. That that's where the the, the everything begins was with Espino and Freeman. They like arms like Espino as well. That's that's something that uh, Oakland goes for. But I, I think those are probably the first two names that come up, and then you're building out from there. Um, like I said, just looking at Espino and uh, Freeman out of curiosity. That's a 42.3, the trade value site. Just as, again, it's not ideal, but it, it gives you 45 for Olsen. So, yeah, Espino plus Freeman uh, and then a lotto ticket. That's And that's, again, why I think an Olsen trade is just not likely. It just does not seem like something that would go together. Uh, from Hiram, at Hiram Boyd. Everybody knows Hiram. We'll get into the Hiram question after a quick commercial break. Uh, so we will come back and discuss a question from Hiram. And our sponsor is our great friends over at betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So as mentioned, we got a we got a high room question here. Uh, love him or hate him, he has a lot of passion. <laughs> let's let's go with that. I like Hiram. I think he is. Like I said, I appreciate the passion when it comes to Hiram. So let's talk about. He wants to know. Uh, can you go over how the Indians match up with the Jays in terms of their bats, namely Guriel and Hernandez? I'm willing to talk, and he's always willing to talk to Police Atkins of Ali. Hiram wants to trade pitching so badly. Uh, man, he really wants to trade all the pitching the Indians have uh, right now. He has no chill, no interest in holding on to starters. And I'm like, did nobody, but he's not alone. You know, I talk about this on the show all the time. I get a lot of questions about that. And I'm like, people, did we not just watch the same season? Did we not just see that, like, pitching is not a depth of the system anymore? They got six arms, two, three could be, you know, uh, th- three starters are better. And then a lot of guys, you know, back end. It's it, This is not a proven pitching staff that we are counting on uh, right now. Like, to, the amount of people are like, let's just keep trading arms. I'm like... I don't I don't think that's a good matchup. So the Blue Jays in and of themselves. Let's you know look at the roster resource. They they would like, I think, to add a bigger bat. I think Marcus Simeon is probably on his way out of town, uh, going to the Boris group. The question then becomes so here's what's gonna happen with Toronto. Toronto is going to do what Toronto does. Toronto is gonna Toronto. 
They're going to sit there, they're going to wait in the weeds, and they're going to end up sending someone like Trevor Story. Now, Trevor Story isn't that good. Let's get that out of the way. He's not a great defender. The stats aren't great out of Colorado. He's going to look for a short recovery deal. But I, I mean, if I was a team, I'd be more than... I'd be more willing to sign him to a two, three-year deal than a five, six-year deal. Like, I don't think he's that good. I, I wouldn't sign him. Let's just put it that way. I would not sign him just in general at all. I, I think the risk is too high, and the data does not back up performance. Now, when you go and you look at this team right now, uh, we mentioned Simeon's a free agent. Robbie Ray is a free agent. Steve Matz is a free agent. I don't know if anyone saw the piece that there's. they might look to uh, offer him the qualifying offer. And they can offer Simeon, Ray, and Matz and get you know three draft picks. Now, I need to go look at the data to see if they get more in a second rounder for them. But still, I, there's talk of that. You look at their offense and its current state and form. What is kind of interesting is uh, they have Danny Jansen listed a catcher. I don't think he'll be the catcher for them. Third base is still a, an issue, but you got to assume Jordan Groshan steps in at some play, point uh, next year. He could maybe be their answer. Uh, Gabriel Moreno, the catcher, should get a shot. He's probably their top. Well, it's him or Martinez. The shortstop Martinez is a far, far away off. Uh, and then after that, this is not a deep system. It's kind of crazy to look at their Fangraphs top 10 prospects, and I'm laughing. Julian Merriweather is currently ranked 8th. Uh, and Merriweather got hurt, so he didn't pitch a ton this year. But to be ranked 8th, and he started the year as their closer and looked really good before he got hurt. He has been unable to stay healthy. That's been an issue for his career. So this Blue Jays team has two starters potentially leaving. Now, they made that trade for Barrios. They still have Ryu. Manea has really kind of solidified himself, I think, into one of those spots. You got you got to give Pearson a chance. I mean, I think Pearson, I never bought the hype on him. Uh, I did have him... Here's where I bought the hype. I had him rated higher than Brandon Little uh, when Little was the top Juco arm in that class, is the lefty with the big stuff. I thought Pearson was much more interesting. I was proven right. Little went to the Cubs. Pearson, though, I think I, he had the least impressive, like, 99-mile-an-hour fastball I've ever seen in my life. I uh, saw him in double-A, and it just... Big guy. I don't know if he's going to... I don't know if it's there. I, I... You know, he might end up being better as a bullpen arm uh, long-term. But you got to assume he's a starter. They also have Ross Stripling, who's, you know, the best swing pitcher, you know, maybe you can get there available to find. Uh, he's thrived in that role for many a year. I think Robbie Ray is likely to come back. Uh, you look at the rest of their team. You know, uh, Gurriel is part of their outfield with, um, you know, they went out and added, why am I blanking on, uh, Springer. And then uh, Gurchuk is, yeah, you know, he he had a solid year, but that's not an ideal contract. Uh, Tay Oscar is also out there who had, you know, a pretty good year. Uh, again, that's, kind of backing up where he's at. Uh, Bichette played really well. The question is, like, can he be their shortstop if Simeon doesn't come back? Uh, can Kevin Biggio rebound after a down year? They're a team with a lot of question marks. Uh, I don't, you know, we talked about before, I don't see a track to them really um, chasing Jose Ramirez at this point in time. Could the Indians make a trade? I don't think the A's, or the A's, the Blue Jays are all that inclined to trade an outfielder. Like just at the end of the day, when you go through this team, like again, Gerchuk isn't that great. He's he's there. I mean, that's who they'd probably be willing to trade. Teoscar played very well a year ago. Uh, Gurriel has been a very solid guy. We know the Indians had interest in him in the past. So Teoscar, 
you go and you look at all the data. Yeah, maybe not the best defender, but 2020 was his breakout year. 2021 backed it up. Uh, all the advanced data also looks well. It's just the weird thing where he strikes out too much. He doesn't walk. He chases a lot. You think it's not going to work, but he hits the ball hard. He barrels a lot. He uh, has a good hard hit percentage. He's fast. He does a lot of things well. Uh, he is also someone who has to be nearing free agency. So, you know, that could be something. And for Gurriel, like, it was a bit of a down year for him. Uh, he was still productive. He still played well. But it was not quite... I think they want expected a little bit more out of him. Uh, I just... The Blue Jays aren't looking to trade those guys, uh, is my general view. See, Gurriel is a free agent after the 2024 season. He's worth 1.5 war, which, again, that's disappointing. You'd expect him to be over two. Uh, Teoscar is at 3.9, and he is going to be a free agent uh, same time as Olsen and Jose Ramirez. Uh, I don't think they're looking to move him. I mean, he's just been too good the last two years. So I, I don't see a natural matchup. I'm sorry, Hiram. I don't think... I think if they go out and make a trade, uh, they're going to look to trade someone like Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen because all of a sudden they've built this really nice catcher uh, system. Moreno is one of the top catching prospects of of all of baseball. Kirk was a big-name catcher. Uh, Jansen is a guy who teams like. like, I think they might look, and maybe the Indians should consider that deal, honestly, Uh, one of these young catchers. We know they kind of liked Alejandro Kirk in the past. Uh, you know, maybe that's something you look at. Maybe it's that situation where it's like, okay, uh, but I, I think the starters would be interesting, but I think they're not going to be as much into a starter as this team honestly is going to look for some pen help, which the Indians have a huge need and don't have depth to trade from, and then uh, a bigger bat, which is what the Indians need to do. So I don't think they're a natural fit. I think that they're actually pretty okay when it comes to their starting pitching, so... Sorry, Hiram, disagreeing with you on this one. Let's keep moving on through. Okay, from Andy Dubois, DB Sice. With C- uh, Seager gone from Seattle, does the trade make sense? How does Ramirez How does a Ramirez trade pan out? Uh, Kalenic, Haniger, Lewis, who would you ask for if the Mariners came calling? So I think they are looking at Chris Bryant. It came out they tried to trade for Chris Bryant. Uh, I think Seager was just the contract was... You know, it was a bad relationship, very clearly, between him and management. And, uh, you know, he had some down years, and they were just, they wanted to roll that money in a different position. And, you know, we'll dig into a little bit more. Like, if Seattle decided to go all in, there would be a logic to this. And we're going to save that for after our second commercial break. So we're going to pause here and come back and discuss if the Indians did move Jose Ramirez and he was sent to Seattle, what that trade might look like. So Jose Ramirez, if we use the very flawed trade value site, they give him a range in about the 70s. So let's just talk about the Seattle team in general. Uh, they are a team on the cusp, but they're not trading Kalenic. Let's just get that out of the way. That's not going to happen. Uh, most of the names mentioned, uh, Mitch Haniger, I don't think he's really someone they're looking to move either. Uh, I think Kyle Luce is interesting because he was hurt, the bone bruise, and you're getting so many years of control. Like, he is someone of that group, sign sign me up tomorrow. And the reason they might consider moving a Kyle Lewis is, you know, there's still Taylor Trammell as a fourth outfielder there. Uh, Julio uh, Rodriguez is right on the verge of going to the big leagues, and he might be the best hitter they have in their, I'm sorry, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, He might be the best hitter in their entire system. 
uh, even you know before Kalenic graduated. So you're looking at Rodriguez, Kalenic, uh, Hanager, maybe Tremel, outfield grouping. So maybe Kyle Lewis is someone that could be discussed. Now that maybe this is just hoping on my part. I would love to talk about Kyle Lewis in any type of deal, even something else. I mean, I'd love to keep Jose and also discuss Kyle Lewis. Who else is interesting there? Ty France, first baseman. You might be like, why would they trade him? He just had that huge year. Uh, Evan White had surgery, and they gave him a lot of money to be their first baseman. He's a plus defender. France was a pretty bad defender this past year, but this is a guy who, he's not really a journeyman, but he was treated like one in San Diego, even though throughout his minor league career, he raked. He raked and he raked at every single level, culminating in the 2019 season, where in uh, 76 games, he had 27 home runs. I mean, he just destroyed the ball. A 196 run created plus, runs created plus that year. First year in Seattle didn't go great, or in San Diego didn't go great, but he just he played well in 2020. He played even better in 2021. Uh, if they move forward, oh, side note, the other reason Seager's going away is a $20 million option. So let's just assume that Evan White gets healthy. He goes to first. France goes to DH. We assume Lewis then doesn't have a home or he's not fully healthy yet because you got uh, Hanniger in that outfield along with... Uh, well, I mean, I guess Jake Fraley moves out. Fraley hasn't been great. So you go Hanager, Fraley, Lewis, and uh, Kalenic. And, you know, J.P. Crawford is up for a gold glove at shortstop. Uh, their second baseman could use an upgrade. The third baseman, uh, that's the other thing, Hiram. They really like Abraham Toro. He played really well for them. I don't think third base is a huge need. Or not Hiram. Andy. This is an Andy question. Hiram was the previous question. Don't sleep on Abraham Toro. He's legit. I really liked him his years in San Diego. I thought that was a great trade. I know a lot was made about it at the time, but I think it was a smart move by the Mariners. Uh, they, I mean, honestly, they should talk to the Blue Jays. They don't really have a lot of catching depth. They could use one of those catchers that uh, Toronto has in spades. They should figure out a trade between the two of them because interesting pen arms go lower. That's the other thing. Like If you're going to work out a trade with Seattle... I mean, the top of the pen, you know, Seiwald, Castilla, uh, Steckenrider were great. But even, like, Casey Sadler had a good year. Andres Munoz is a really interesting reliever. Big, huge arm was viewed as, like, the closer of the future. Can hit triple digits in San Diego. Nice reclamation project. Then you go down to their minors. I really like Wyatt Mills. Like, the Indians the Indians would absolutely acquire Wyatt Mills in a trade. Uh, Side-arming type. Uh you know, we know they like that look. He was a multi-inning guy. I want to say he was a raging Cajun. I wrote up a draft profile on him in college where he was, you know, the kind of like the three-inning reliever. He would come in and just, he was never a one-inning guy, would uh, pitch multiple innings and just be death to both righties and lefties at that level. Uh, really good command, really good control, fastball slider type, mostly I think a change in the third pitch. Wyatt Mills, who was a, a third-round pick of theirs, absolutely would be someone the Indians would uh, talk about. But again, if you're Toronto, also you'd want to talk about that. I also really like Joey Gerber, who uh, slid to the back of day two. I thought he was going to be like a you know a fourth, fifth rounder at the University of Illinois. He was like an eighth, ninth, maybe even a tenth rounder. Uh, big guy, two pitches, fastball slider mostly. 
Uh, command isn't the greatest, but it throws hard. I know he was hurt as well, but th this is my point. Like if you're uh, Toronto and you need relievers, I think Toronto-Seattle is a much more natural trade partner is what I'm getting at. Uh, and again, though, Seattle want, is willing to talk about Kyle Lewis. Uh, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to figure out a trade that allows that to happen. Now, what would make sense? Uh, this this Seattle team needs pitching. Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen were great. Logan Gilbert broke through. Yusuke Kikichu, um, I if they don't pick up his option, could be headed to free agency. Justin Dunn was a little up and down throughout the course of the year. Uh, him as a starter is not a done deal. I'll be here all week. Now they do have Hancock and Kirby coming fast, so it's not as big of a need, but getting a few more vets I think would be something that uh, Seattle would appreciate uh, just in general. Uh, the top of their minor league system is fantastic, and it just keeps coming and coming. And you know they added some really interesting talent uh, in this past draft class. I'll be curious to see what they do. Uh, they've got some players. They've got uh, some talent. And, you know, I don't think Jose Ramirez is necessarily the right fit for them. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, if you're looking at Cleveland to Seattle, this is where you would talk. Like, So here's my question, okay? Uh, if you're the Indians and you offer Aaron Savali, who I say Savali because I think Savali has the most value, is more value than Plesak, uh, kind of of that grouping of guys. If if I offer Savali for Lewis and Wyatt Mills, does Seattle consider that? Uh, over on the trade simulator side of things, out of curiosity, Lewis is a 23.5. Uh, I really have to dig for Mills, I'm sure, because you know, relievers typically aren't the highest ones. But he's a 23.5. Uh, Savali would be, for the Indians, when we're looking at him, a 21.6. According to this, the Indians would uh, would be the ones with a uh, higher cost to trade. Now, what could get interesting, can I, can I throw a curveball into this whole discussion? Uh, Seattle already has their shortstop. They need that second baseman. What about Ahmed Rosario uh, for Kyle Lewis? Now you probably need to kick in a little, another piece from Cleveland. Uh, I would also, again, try to get Wyatt Mills in that deal. But uh, what do you think about that? Let me completely trade, take this idea from Andy, shake it up, throw it on its head, and say, what about something like Rosario? And everyone and their mother asked for Bradley Zimmer. Can we do Rosario and Zimmer for Lewis and Mills? What do people think? Is that something you would consider? Uh, in terms of a trade? Is that something Seattle considers? I, I think it at least makes them go, huh. You know, it gives them a no-doubt upgrade at second base. Their uh, Novelli Marti is their, arguably their top prospect. It's either him or Julio. I think it's Julio, in my opinion. A lot of people think Marte is the, uh, I think universally is one of the top 10 prospects in baseball. But he's uh, a high-A guy. He's multiple years away. Honestly, it's like, Rosario's got two years left on his contract before he hits free agency. I should say an arbitration before he hits free agency. That that's perfect timing. Next two years, and then Marte is willing to step up or willing is ready to step up uh, and take over and up the middle position. I mean, it's he's the bridge. Could Rosario for Lewis make some kind of sense? Let me know what you think. Agree, disagree. What do you think in terms of my hot take and idea here at the end of this mailbag episode? And uh, the mailbag's now empty. So hit me with new things. Go. 
Let me know what your questions, your thoughts are. Uh, I always need more. Uh, let's see, the newest question came from Andy, I feel like this week. So I just, I when I see a question, I favorite a question, save it up for later and go into it. But uh, yeah, let me know about what you think about all of these ideas, these trade options. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Draft if you have a question you'd like me to answer in one of these mailbag segments. Tomorrow's show, we're going to do another historical draft. So hit me up with the draft you'd like me to hit. Do you want a year? Is there a player you want me to focus on their draft class? Is there one of the best classes of the last 10 years? One of the best classes of all time? One of the worst classes? What would you like to have? Make sure to hit me up on Twitter at Draft. Uh, this has been Locked in Needs Podcast. Thank you again for listening making it your first listen today and every day. Uh, the Cavs won tonight, so go check out Locked on Cavs. Uh, Evan Mobley, I think I've talked about it already, but man, he has got me excited as a Cavs fan. I'm sure Chris has him handled in depth. Uh, remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps our show. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.